Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. With your host, Jay, and in the booth, a really good friend of mine. We got Zach from the Thornton campus sitting in today. We're going to finish up the book of Hebrews for you. It's all done. We're never going to read it again. Shut it. Close it. We know it. That's right. I ripped it out of my Bible, actually. It's uh, it, it's just gone now. Hey, Calvary, we're just so thankful you're listening in. Like always, you can write us at The Weekly. A couple of weeks ago, people have started writing in the Christmas season. We've asked some fun questions. Someone fried a turkey told us about it. Some of us showed us that we are, are, had arrived in their top podcast on Spotify in, their, in your review. That was pretty cool. Hey, we'd love to hear from awesome. you. Write us at theweekly at calvarybible.com. And uh, we would love to hear what's going on in your Christmas season. How are you celebrating this year? Zach, how are you celebrating? This is your first Christmas in Colorado. Uh, it is my first Christmas as a resident of Colorado. So Good. I've been out here before. Um, so all of my family moved out here before I did. Yeah. And so did a did a couple Christmases out here visiting visiting them. Cool. But yeah, first time where it's my home state. First time at Christmas at Calvary too. That's right. That's that fun. Right. How have you enjoyed your Christmas at Calvary season? It's been good. It's been good. It's been uh, it's been great to to wrap up the series on Hebrews. Uh, we had uh, like all the other campuses had a carols and campfires. I, I really yeah. need to pause before I say the name of that event because I've said different C words in there as well, yeah. like cocoa and <laughs> candlelight, which I think is what it was last year. Yeah. Um, so. I, so we just started calling it C and C. Uh, so yeah, we had C and C last week, uh, last Sunday, and it was it was a great event. Just getting to see Thornton, getting to see new people, roast up some marshmallows. Yeah, that's really about fun. this Jesus who has come. Very cool. Hey, Calvary, if you want to know what's happening here at Calvary over the Christmas season on your campus, just go to calvarybible.com. We have some major highlights to, to make sure you know. We have Christmas Eve services coming up in just a week. And uh, what day are those? Those are December 24th. Oh, that's when we have them this year? This is when we have okay, them. Okay, great. Uh, and then also, we do not have in-person services on the 26th, but we will have an online service that will be live at 8 a.m. that Sunday. That's going to be really fun. I know y'all recorded it actually yesterday. No, we're doing it live on, oh, the, on the 26th. Sorry. That's totally what we're doing. Hey, people on the <clears throat> weekly get a behind-the-scenes of actually mm. Calvary. So mm. uh, it's all four of you. Well, I that's what I've heard. I thought that it was every person that mm. goes to to Calvary. So we just gave insider information to the whole organization. <laughs> hey, anyways, it's all four of you <laughs> over a uh, really great topic. I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm actually I haven't heard, and so I'm looking forward to seeing that on the 26. I will be drinking probably my second cup of coffee and watching that and celebrating with Calvary. That Sunday would be fun. Yeah. Also, um, we have a great new series coming up in January. I can't wait for that. And then we have the marriage conference. You can go to calvarybible.com to register for that. That's in February. It's going to be really fun down in Colorado Springs. In between here and there, some, some good coffee, Zach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, if this is a place to give insider knowledge, yeah. I can officially say I look forward to seeing our listeners at Weekend to remember, the I, first weekend of February. No, I just got this crazy idea. What if we go 
live from the weekend to remember. So the event the that's designed to strengthen marriages yeah. and we've placed that as a high priority. You want to pull me away <laughs> from my wife to be with you. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not sure that fits within the design of the weekend. You're probably right. You're probably right. All right. Maybe not, <laughs> but it'd be really fun to like sit down with you and, and sit down with others during that, that, weekend and just talk about what God's doing. Yeah. Stirring. Absolutely. Anyways. Okay. Hey, since you ruined my plan here, let's, let's jump into what's your favorite Christmas song, Zach? Uh, so it doesn't have to be a carol. Don't make it spiritual. If, you don't, if it's no, not no, spiritual. Totally. I, I, uh, it, this is, I'm not like an ultra super pious, always spiritual all the time. <laughs> I, I, do dislike a lot of the pageantry around Christmas, not specifically Christmas pageants, yeah, but just a lot of the performance aspects of it. It's just tiring. And so there aren't many non carol like songs that, yeah. that I, that fill me with joy. I love, I, I, uh, the church I was at before we did a series and I got to set some of that series on, looking at the different carols, the context that they came out of, the, the passages that they came from. And I preached uh, a sermon message from Revelation 21 based off of it, it came upon a midnight clear, mm-hmm. and it just made me fall in love with that particular carol. Just hearing uh, Edmund Sears, I believe is his name, the the pastor who wrote it, uh, the context for him writing it, just seeing this world full of brokenness and pain, you know, something we can't relate to. Yeah, no, um, no clue. And just talking about how we have that joy that comes at Christmas, that Jesus has come, and yet it's still this hurt and longing, and it's looking forward to that beautiful uh, Mount Zion, as we read about in Hebrews, uh, where we will sing the things that currently just the angels are singing, and and it ends on that way, and it's really good. That's really good. good. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that a lot. How about yourself? Um, it's a very spiritual one. It's sang by uh, Pastor Bing Crosby, mm, and it's White right. Christmas. That's right. It's my f- favorite. And I know this year in Colorado, we're not going to get a White Christmas, but I love that song. I yeah. grew up, my grandfather, it was on his record player when I was a little kid. So it's just sort of imprinted as Christmas. Totally. So it's a great movie. It's a very long movie. Yep. <laughs> it needs to be edited. It needs about 30 minutes taken out of it and it would make a perfect Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, didn't find that song as relatable in Southern California, but yeah. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it still not being relatable this year. <laughs> <laughs> so true, man. What a crazy year we've had. Okay, so how do we begin the book of Hebrews? I think that's really important for us as we, this is a wrap-up of Hebrews 13, um, wrap-up of the series, and actually a wrap-up of the weekly for the year. We'll see you in 2022, just FYI there. Um, so it's know, not because I'm on that this, that there's just no more episodes after that's right. that. Okay. Right. Got it. All right. And actually I've looked at the, the, this is just random. I looked at the numbers of how many downloads per episode and the number one download for the year was Michelle Gaskins and her book review. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, this too shall last. Yeah. So number one podcast of the weekly this year was her book review. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's a, it's a great conversation. So if you haven't heard that, you need to go to our archives, book re- book list, This Too Shall Last by Michelle Gaskins. Mm. Miss out on just a great conversation. But we're finishing the book of Hebrews here. That was Random Tangent. 
How does Hebrews start? I think we should need to remember how to he, how does Hebrews start. Uh, so we're talking chapter one, verse one, not chapter like one, verse how one. It was composed or nope. the title Hebrews. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Hebrews one one long ago at many times in many ways, which we've traced a lot of the the Old Testament. Uh, God spoke to our fathers, our spiritual ancestors, by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed the heir of all things. Yeah, through whom he also created the world. So we have this, uh, especially on the, the front half of the book of Hebrews, we have this comparison with here is how God has worked and operated before, whether that's through angels or Moses or the sacrificial system uh, or the promised land as the place of rest. But what we receive through Jesus is greater in every single respect. Yeah. You know, you're reading that again. It just reminds me that over the 13 chapters, over these many weeks, it feels like the Hebrew writer is just picking up on themes that we've, we already know in our scriptures. Like that was just like John one to me, you know mm. what I mean? That just feels like John one, the word, mm. um, there's, it feels like that as you, you know what I mean? Like you've got to know your old Testament. You've got to know your new Testament. There's these conversations like in every part of scripture that are just tied together in some yeah. ways. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I also love that we continue to see that theme of God speaking mm -hmm. develop throughout uh, this entire letter. Uh, we didn't plan on this. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on here because oh, this, yeah, this might go against your plan. But uh, you, you see this throughout to where God is speaking in a variety of different ways. Uh, you see God the Father as uh, in, in chapter 1 as speaking the language of the Old Covenant, so or the Old Testament. Um, so you see all these verses, and they're said, as God says these things. And then you get to uh, chapter 2, I think it is, um, uh, where it talks about Jesus, not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, then it quotes the, the Old Testament. And then you get the Spirit in chapter 3, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, and it's a quote from the Old Testament, and it repeats right. that process. So we continue to see God speaking the language of uh, the Old Testament. And then I love it because in chapter 13, we get a little bit of a shift right there yeah. in verse 6. So we, as Christians, as people following Jesus, can confidently say, and then it's a quotation from the Old Testament, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear what can man do to me? So throughout this entire book, we see God speaking through the Old Testament, through Jesus, to show us who we are, uh, what he's done for us, who we are to be. And then in verse 13, it's our peace inside of that. What are we saying in response to all that God has said? Oh, that's really good, man. That's really good. As I was reading Hebrews 13, and as I was thinking about it and listening to it, I listened to Mark here on the Erie campus. Does Hebrews 13, 13, read like another epistle of uh, Romans 12, like, you know, the living sacrifices. Yes. Uh, so they were both written in Greek, and we have them translated into English. So they're very similar in those respects. Okay. Did, you, did you mean something more specific than that? Yeah, I meant more specific. It yes, seems like there's a, a conversation yes. that the early church is having. Yeah, so very similar things. So in Romans 12, uh, kind of similar, we have 11 chapters of of theology, of this is who God is, this is what he's done. And then in uh, in Romans 12, you have a, therefore, a, a pivot piece. Uh, I appeal to you, this is chapter 12, Romans 12, verse 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, 
everything that we've seen before to present your bodies as living sacrifices. There's a command right there, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And then following chapter 12, we get all sorts of commands right. at that point. So how is it that we worship this God in response in Romans to these 11 chapters that we've seen previously? Well, we follow the standard that he sets. We use our entire lives, everything we are, everything we have, everything we do to worship God only in response to what we've seen him do. Uh, right. Oftentimes, I think commands get this bad rep. Uh, they're uh, oh, they're restrictive. I, I am not able to do what I want to do, um, which in a sense, that's true. They're, they're a to-do list. I, I have to try really, really hard to accomplish this, which we get to if we don't recognize the placement of it. Hebrews 13 as well. We've had 12 chapters of this is who Jesus is. This is why he's greater. This is what he's done for us. This is, uh, this is all that he is. And then we get this part in 13. How do we respond to that? Well, we use everything we have, everything we are, everything we do in worship. Our sacrifices are following these commands, not restricting ourselves, but recognizing that because Jesus has done everything for us, we are following the good way he has for us. Not a to-do list, but recognizing that Jesus has done it all, and so we are using our lives in response. Why do you think we bifurcate the spiritual and the physical life as Christians? Do you want to restate that? I think I know what you're, you're like, asking. Yeah, why, why, do we, why do we separate, separate those things? You know, like um, these Romans 12 and 13 are talking about like our worship is beyond just singing, mm -hmm. you know, um, showing up to a Sunday. Why do you think we like don't usually see everything we do in life as a spiritual act? Yeah, I, I think there's there's a couple thoughts there. One is there's so much inside of life that is physical and tangible. Uh, I need to get up at a certain time. I have responsibilities at work. I need to do certain things to get rest. Uh, there, there's just a lot that we can see, touch, smell, do, do all of our senses with. Uh, and when we get to the text of Scripture, a lot of it is... Uh, recognizing a reality that we are placed into. So we haven't seen, uh, at least uh, most of us haven't seen the resurrected Jesus. Right. Uh, we we haven't been Thomas and placing our hands in, in the wounds. So we are missing that physical aspect of it. And so with us not having that, it, it's, it, it's almost easier to think of it as some sort of mental process or a spiritual process mm -hmm. where uh, everything else that we're touching in our our regular lives, uh, that is more of this physical side of things, yeah. and it's unfortunate because, uh, but it's also something that we've seen in the church for a long time. One of the hallmarks of a uh, of a, um, a process of bad thinking of uh, we would say heresy, and not as people who just call everything they don't like heresy. This right. is legitimate heresy of seeing their uh, the spiritual as good and everything physical as bad, and we just need to rid ourselves of the physical so that we can have that better, good, spiritual self. And, and that's not what we see in the text of Scripture at all. It's God has given us everything in our physical selves so that we could use it to worship the one who has given us everything in our spiritual selves. Yeah. So you, is it, would it be true to say that even like making coffee in the morning, taking your kids to work, um, Visiting your grandma at the nursing home, um, 
you know, paying taxes. Everything is a spiritual act. Uh, everything can be a spiritual act. I, I want to say that we have a lot in here about how we're to treat others mm-hmm. with brotherly love, how we're to show hospitality to strangers, we're to remember those who have been mistreated. Um, we can do those actions and fall short of those things. Mm-hmm. So uh, I am having this coffee just so I can put up with the people around me. Uh, it's hard to say that's worship. Uh, I mean, I've certainly had days like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it's hard to say that that's worship. If it is, instead, it's recognize. And I don't. This doesn't mean like as we're pouring uh, water out of our our cool funnel nose uh, coffee pots. Uh, it, it's it's not like oh God gave me this pot. Like God gave me. It, like it doesn't have to be doing all that. Like it, it's helpful to have times where we remember that every good thing we have is given to us from by God, and getting to uh, experience uh, this life that He's given us as well um, with gratefulness, with joy, with contentment is worship. Certainly. Hmm. Interesting. I keep thinking of like uh brother lawrence yeah as soon as i said the coffee pot it made me think of his yeah. uh thing with just the cooking pots but but you say it first yeah you brought well, it up. it's just a foundational historical book of the christian life and it's brother lawrence practicing the presence of god where he was the dishwasher and his monastery at that time and he he used it to worship god to meet with god and to do it in out of out of that joy yeah and it's a really seminal it's a deeper book than that but that's a very top level yeah i threw that little caveat in there to where we don't always have to like if you have a three second window where you stop thinking about how god gave you everything like you messed up you gotta yeah that's not not talking yeah i don't want to turn it into law Uh, and that's that's what this whole thing is is it's recognizing who jesus is and what he's done so it's not we have to do all these things. Otherwise we're not responding properly. It's uh, as we're falling more, as we're realizing more and more what Jesus has done for us, as we grow in love for him more because of that, it shapes us even if we're not constantly drawing to mind some of these realizations. Yeah. Yeah. And brother Lawrence, he had these tremendous practices of how can I worship as a dishwasher? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's, saw the great realization and just praises to God, uh, gratefulness to God inside of that. And so, yeah, it's, it's what we've been saying. Everything we are, everything we have, everything we do can be means of worship. Mm, it's wonderful, man. And Hebrews 13 reminds us that our, our spiritual life, our worship is very earthy. It's very practical, mm-hmm. you know, love. Yeah. Be genuine in your love. Yeah. All these things keep marriage bed. And all, you know, it's just like that very, like I said, Romans 12, just everything we we do is a very practical expression. Yeah, it's, it, God God put a, I, I don't know how much effort, but God put a lot of uh, intentionality to how he designed each of us to be different, mm-hmm. each of us to, to look different, to, to have different things that we like doing. Uh, and for that just to be like, yeah, but you got to get rid of it and mm-hmm. just try to be super pious all the time. Like, no, 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 like you were created this unique way for a reason. And it's using those unique things that we have to worship God in response to that. Yeah. And that's the great journey of the Christian life is knowing who you truly are and knowing who God truly is and that blending of how do you how do you do it in such a way that you become 
what God wanted you to be from the beginning, right? Mm. That's like the Christian journey. Okay, so, you know, there's a couple of key verses. I think one of the one, ones I would like to ask you is out of Hebrews 13, 7, it says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider, I love this phrase. I just love this phrase. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Yeah. You know, as you think, Zach, we had this conversation with Thomas last week, but who are those that have come before you that you consider the outcome of their way of life? Mm. Who's been influential in that for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's so many. We were talking before on this about uh, John Chrysostom. He's uh, uh, from the early church, um, trying to slight bring a blank on century. so he was in the 400s, uh, okay. lived from 347 to 407, uh, wrote prolifically, wrote one of my best, uh, my, my favorite books on being a pastor. He wrote a whole set of homilies on Hebrews, which has been helpful to see um, just his faith, his faithfulness in preaching. So Chrysostom um, comes from the Latin for silver tongued. Mm. So he was just known to be this terrific preacher. So uh, loved, um, uh, uh, just loved all of his writings. I think of Athanasius, who stood on the conviction of Jesus as fully God and fully man, and uh, that he is to be worshipped because of those things, stood against other heresies, and even as a younger man wrote boldly about these things, he's a great hero there. I think of Anselm. I think of Irenaeus, Ignatius. Uh, we could just throw out all these names in church history. Um, uh, I mean, especially Ignatius. He went to his death uh, early on the second century uh, because he believed so much in this this Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and these are these are people that that I read. Uh, there are others. So read this verse as being about those who came before us, those who have shown us this gospel. Um, and that we are to stick to this gospel because Jesus doesn't change, as we see a couple of verses later. Uh, when I when I preached on Hebrews eleven, because uh, this is a very similar idea, to look at that great crowd of witnesses, we yeah. have need to endure in this Christian life, and we have those who have come before us, those who are alongside us, who are faithfully living. Uh, I, I think of a professor I had in undergrad who just mm. Fridays sat with me. Um, he. Uh, has been such a huge impact in a time that I felt lost, just was faithfully showing things, answering questions. Dr. Darian Lockett, he's still a Biola now. Um, so grateful for him. I, I talked a little bit about Emily's grandpa, Fred Moulter. He's worked in the lumber business for, he's still working in the lumber business. Wow. Uh, and just think of the times where I walk by the room that he's just quietly reading the Bible. No fanfare, just, mm. just setting that example. Uh, I lived with a family before that, and he was coming by to teach a life group there, just committed to the church that he's at. Uh, he and his and his wife, uh, and Jeannie, they, they raised a full-time pastor, a full-time overseas missionary, like uh, someone who's working in a homeless shelter, someone who's uh, like raised kids in the sh- like just tremendous kids. And right. yet when you get around at their their family gatherings, everyone gets quiet to hear what Fred will, will show us from, from scriptures. Mm. 
I, I so appreciate the example of faith that he's had and uh, seeing the outcome thus far and, and know the impact that he continues to have by faithfully following Jesus. Yeah. I think part of that Christian life is finding and having those people to demonstrate the Christian life, to yeah. live it out before you, to consider their outcome, their way of life and to imitate their faith. You know, Paul says that too, like follow me as I follow Christ, yeah. you know, imitate me. So it's really important for a Christian to have people historical, like some of these really old dead guys to yeah. inspire you. Some of it is very practical grandparents and people of the faith. This is why living in a church that is multi-generational is so important mm. because we've, those who have come before us, those who have given their lives to the gospel in very tangible ways in the local church, um, inspire us to stay faithful when they are gone. Yeah. And it's all been building from, we saw that in, uh, chapter 10, Hebrews 10. Uh, so, but, uh, so you have verse 36, you have need for endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. And then, well, how do we endure? We have chapter 11, those examples of faith. We have chapter 12, how Jesus endured for us. Um, we have at the end of chapter 12, that picture of Mount Zion, the finish line, what we are looking forward to, that we are already citizens of, that we have now. And uh, then we get chapter 13, which connects to that idea to do uh, the, the will of God inside of that. And that's, mm. that's what we have all of 13 is doing is it's we have need to endure so that we can do the will of God. Chapter 13 is here's how we do that. Here's how we worship with reverence and awe. That's awesome. Okay, so now that you've read this book, studied this book, preached through this book, what is maybe your major highlights? What are you what are you going to take away from? We got to get better at our Old Testament. Mm. Like like there's so much in this that that is uh good and and we can think of uh stories that relate to Abraham and that's fantastic, but we aren't thinking about Abraham as much as the New Testament authors are. And so we're missing some things. Even uh, a couple weeks ago when we were looking out at Mount Zion as it's compared to this other mountain and it's got all these terms in there, gloom and uh, trumpet blasts. Like I, I read through that the first time. I was like, yeah, that sounds like a scary place, but this Mount Zion seems wonderful. And then as it starts to study, it's like, oh, it's talking about Mount Sinai. I, I didn't even realize that. And, and it's just these pieces that I'm missing by not spending enough time in my Old Testament. I love, I mean, the book of Hebrews is about how Jesus is greater, so we want to get to that. But it's it's greater because it's building off of and it's showing how everything was pointing to Jesus. And That's we miss amazing. out if we don't see where those those lines are coming from. All 66 books do it. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. Okay, that's a great lesson take away from you, uh, your time in the book of Hebrews. That's really cool. Yeah, got, got some other ones in there. Uh, there's The book is talking about people who might be tempted to return to the Old Covenant. I doubt that we're really facing that temptation. I don't know about you, but the urge to, to sacrifice animals didn't really come across too much yeah. uh, for me this morning. Um, <laughs> But we are certainly tempted to turn away from Jesus to other things, whether that's thinking that we do a better job as God than him, or we find something that gives immediate gratification rather than 
waiting for uh, this future that's promised to us. So there, there's all kinds of things that, that tempt us and turn away. But if I, if I had one, uh, like just one section that I, I can never read enough, and it's a shame that I ripped Tevers out of my Bible already. Yeah, totally. Because I wish I could keep, find it again. keep coming to this. Uh, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Mm. This great picture, we can turn to no place better than Jesus, because Jesus has is God who came to be like us, because of him, we can have access to this God. We can have grace to help in a time of need. We receive so much because of all that he has done. It's three verses, just it's the gospel's right there. Man, Zach, you're wrapping up a series, wrapping up that, our studying through the book of Hebrews. Thanks, man, for sitting down with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad you're on the podcast. Hey, Calvary, we're so thankful for you in 2021. The Lord has been so kind to us to provide all our needs to push us in further and further into kingdom life here at Calvary. We're so glad that you've listened in over this last year, joined with us in this conversation we've had through many, many different topics here at Calvary over this year. Just know we love you. We're praying for you. We hope you have a great Christmas season. Look forward to seeing you. Lord willing, always say that, Lord willing in 2022 here on the weekly. Have a great new year. And Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas.